Hello, and welcome back to the Iowa Type Theory Commute. I'm Aaron Stump, and we have been talking about modular data types. It's a small digression in talking about module systems. And so I wanted to try to wrap up the discussion of Swierstra's data types a la carte paper. You can find a link to the paper a couple episodes back. And uh, it's a nice, nice paper for people to take a look at who are not normally reading loads of papers. It's mostly a very nicely written code walkthrough. It's a really good paper. And uh, anyway, so um, we talked about how we're going to take a data type. Like the goal is to have a data type, like a expression data type for some language. And we would like to be able to view this in kind of a modular way. We'd like to sort of decompose it. Or, or looking at things the other way around, we'd like to have a library or a menu of little pieces of syntax tree data type definition that we can combine. So we'd say, like to say, like, oh, I've got a little piece of a language for arithmetic and a little piece of language for everything else, maybe a little piece of language for higher order functions. And we kind of want, would be really cool to sort of describe them independently uh, and then be able to assemble these pieces a la carte however we want. Um, to make to compose sort of a bigger language out of these small building blocks, it's a pretty awesome idea. I don't, I don't know that that's really, I don't know how much that vision has managed to get realized in in actual implementations in functional languages, even other languages. I don't know, but it's a, I think it's a great idea and should be considered more. So anyway, uh, we saw in the previous episode kind of how we take our monolithic data type, like let's say expert data type for abstract syntax trees, and we're going to split it in two parts. First there's like a knot tying part, and the other part is a functor. And the functor basically describes your the data one level at a time, and the knot tying part says, oh, and by the way, you can use that sort of one level that the functor describes, you can use it again and again as many, as many times as you want, and as many finite number of times as you want. Okay, so we split into the, 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 the da- abstract syntax tree data type gets split into these two pieces. And once we've done that, it's pretty great because then the functor part can be assembled. The expert part is really a, a recursive data type, okay? But so that you, def- if you're doing this in Haskell or whatever language, you would have an actual recursive data type that you define for the, the not tying part of things that basically says, if you, um, if you give me some functor you care about, um, then the data type says uh, you can build an expression. Let's say expression is the not tying data type. You can build an expression from f of expressions, where f is the functor. Okay, and so in other words, if you using your functor describes one level of your data type, then the recursive type says um, you can build an expression by this sort of like one level decomposition down where after that one level, we have more expressions, which again, could be sort of continued on any finite number of times. In Haskell, of course, it could be even infinite, but that's not the use case we're considering here. Um, so we split into the functor, and once we've done that, the functor now can, is really, can just be assembled from little functorial pieces. Um, so you, you have like a data type for add expressions, a functor for add expressions, basically just says, oh, there's this add, ex- add constructor, and it takes two x's, where x is a parameter to the functor data type. 
because um, that's really we just want to say you got one level and then we've got some other stuff we don't know what it is okay so anyway this is what we talked about last time and this time what I wanted to say in wrapping up this discussion of this very nice paper is um, okay that was decomposing the data type so how, how does that does that actually manage to help us in decomposing um, recursions over our syntax trees and the answer is yes it does because um, just the way we split the data type into a kind of a knot tying bit and this functor that describes one level, amazingly, we can also split the recursions up in a kind of a similar way. We have basically an, a loop. I mean, this I'm just speaking very kind of, you know, informal terms here. You basically are going to try to have a loop that says, oh, if you want to recurse through an expression built with some functor, then we basically need to traverse through the levels, through the layers of the data type, um, sort of one step at a time. So we have a, a recursive outer loop that's just kind of like, okay, tell me what to do with the next, I mean, it's going to say, if I know what to do with one level of the data type structure, then I'm just going to repeatedly apply that, that, that operation that tells me what, how to interpret one level of the data type structure. I'm going to apply that repeatedly to get all the way through the data type. So we split into a recursive fold function. That's the thing that's going to go through and just apply, apply, apply something, uh, some function you want for each level of your, your st the structure of the data type. And so we split into this fold function, which is just, you know, the uh, generalization of fold over lists, right? So a fold function, which is, when I was first learning functional programming, I thought, man, how am I ever going to remember the, the interface for this fold function? You know, a fold function for lists, it's really simple. The best way to think of it, in my opinion, is semantically. So you think about, fold says, if you tell me how to interpret nil, and if you tell me how to interpret cons, then I can interpret any list you want. Because I'll start with the list, and I'll, everywhere there's a cons, I'll just call the function you told me to use to interpret cons. And that one place in a list where there's a nil, I'll give the value that you told me to use as the interpretation of nil. So it's really like we're giving a meaning of um, a list in terms of the meanings of cons and nil. And um, that viewpoint actually ex generalizes really beautifully. And the generalization um, is one that we get from universal algebra, where basically we're going to say, you know, so we're talking about interpretations, right? And so think about in math, right? You have what's, you know, what's a group? Well, a group is some um, set together with these three operations that satisfy some laws. You know, so you could say it that way. Another way to say it, though, is it's like we have this syntactic thing. We have these symbols, like a binary um, operation and an inverse operation and a unit operation. We have these symbols, and a group needs to tell you what those symbols mean. It needs to give you a meaning of those symbols in terms of some particular set of objects that the, the group consists of. And similarly, you know, so more, more generally than that, um, uh, okay, so the steps to getting an, an, um, an algebra that we're going to fold in a sort of generic way, um, instead of saying uh, that we have um, a set of constructors, a set of symbols that we're going to interpret, we're going to sort of pack them all up into one thing. So we're like, imagine you have this, this um, single symbol 
that just says, oh, you tell me, did you want me to, to be the, the binary operation of the group? Okay, then I'm going to take in two elements and give you an element. Did you want me to be the inverse? I'll take in a single element and give you an element. Did you want me to be the unit? Well, I'll just give you an element. So it's kind of like, there's a little bit of indirection there in computer science terminology. Like, we're going to, we have this one symbol, and, it, and now when we interpret the symbol, we're going to have one operation. So like a, uh, an algebra, generalizing the notion of a group, an algebra is going to be a set X together with this one operation that says, um, if you give me, for a functor F, if you give me an F of X, I'll give you an X. Okay, so the, the f of x part, the f is sort of holding, is like the structure, a little bit of structure holding some values of the type x. And the algebra is going to say, if you tell me, give me this structure, then that structure is basically going to say, well, which operation did you want to use? And then the algebra is going to apply the, that operation and give you the value of type x. So the reason to go, so in the end, again, to say it, it's a very beautiful abstract setup here. We just say we have um, a functor f, and uh, an algebra is going to be um, a type x together, or you can say set, but let's say type, sort of type directly. It says type x together with an fx to x function. That's called an algebra. Okay, the algebra takes in this little structure, which is basically requesting an operation, and it's, as it requested it, it also gives you the, the, X, the values of type X that you, you want the operation to happen on. And then the algebra is supposed to compute the operation and give you the value of X back. Okay, so, um, so, we, uh, so the, this is how we decompose recursions. We split them into a fold function, which just recurses through our data. And in each layer of the data that it finds, like again, so if our data was built using the, the you know the single powerful in constructor, then the in constructor says, "Oh, I'm I've got an uh, a little data structure represented using the functor f of expressions. So I've got an f of expr, and the fold function recursively evaluates those expr's that are hiding under the f. How does it do that? It uses the F map for the functor. It goes inside the f of expert structure and it interprets all the experts it finds in there. And that gives it an f of x structure. And then it just says, oh, what do I, how do I interpret that f of x structure? I just ask the algebra. The algebra tells me what value of type x um, we should compute for an f x structure. Um, and so, yes, so at a high level again, what do we do? we've decomposed recursions into folds and algebras. And this really corresponds to decomposing the data type into this expert single recursive data type expert and functors, okay? So um, if that didn't totally click, I've, I really like this first paper. I think you've probably picked up on that from what I'm saying. And I've looked at it a number of times and sort of, it's, not, it's really clearly and well explained, but it takes a little thinking. So you might have to think about these ideas a little bit to catch this. And, and I'm saying you would not be alone because I was totally in the same boat. So try to take a look at that. Um, hit me up on email if you got anything you want me to talk about. I'm sort of done talking about this and not exactly sure what I would talk about next. I could return to some of the excellent um, listener suggestions of other module system things to talk about. Um, I'm really not sure. So if you can want to be an influencer... You can send me an email, make me a make a suggestion. Hope you're well wherever you are. Thank you for tuning in, and take care.